Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim, and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So, sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com. Hey, welcome back to AF Fireside. We are definitely in the fire in New England today. It's like 90 degrees, probably more humid inside than it is outside. I hope it is not that way in Colorado, where our guest, Jed Rose, the co-founder of Topo Designs, is joining us from. How's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk with you guys. It's uh, it's warm here, but not uh, not the same warm as, as you yeah. guys it's, it's, it's a dry heat. You know? Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's, it's the dry heat. I mean, I spent a couple weeks in the South. We spent a couple weeks in the Southwest a couple years ago and that like, I thought it was just a joke, but literally everyone, everybody says that. It really is because it's so different. And when I, you know, like when we take a road trip and even go to Nebraska and, you know, open the door to get gas, you're like, whoa, this is yeah. totally different than where yeah, we are. For sure. People definitely are not acclimated to humidity here. No, it's a, it's a, it's a different world. It makes us, <laughs> it makes us stronger or something, but I feel like, right, I'm wearing, right. I feel like I'm wearing an Instagram filter right now of like, just, <laughs> just sweat sheen and it's barely <laughs> noon here. <laughs> uh, cool, man. Well, I gotta, I gotta ask what, what's in Nebraska. That's a place I have never had, uh, never had sights on. Uh, you know, I, there, from my perspective, uh, not a lot that's related to me. It's usually kind of between some place okay. on the way someplace else. So I have a lot of family in Michigan. So, um, growing up, we used to drive, uh, take road trips and, and go up and, and see them, uh, up in the UP of Michigan. So Nebraska oh, cool. was always the, the long straight haul on the way to get there. So, nice. um, it's yeah, I haven't haven't spent much time there. Um, it's it's always kind of fascinating to me because it is so flat and there is, you know, just like this really long expanse of um, kind of farmland and um, no mountains to orient yourself, which I'm usually used to. Yeah. Um, you always know where you are because you can just look at the mountains. But um, yeah, so I had not much experience with Nebraska aside from driving through it. That's funny that you say the Upper Peninsula. We talked with uh, Stormy Cromer. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Ten episodes or so back. Yeah, uh, and that was another part of the country that I just knew literally nothing about. And I feel like it's come up like five or six times since I talked. Uh, to the yeah, program. it's amazing. And my my grandparents um, actually grew up there um, and uh, they're uh, they were kind of first generation from their parents um, being loggers in the UP. So um, my whole family is from Michigan. I'm the only one that's from Wyoming. Um, oh, so. nice. Uh, they, uh, yeah, it was always kind of a, a spot that we'd go and, you know, it was like beautiful lakes and lots of great fishing and, um, just, you know, awesome outdoors there. That's very different from, from out here. Lots of trees and very easy to get lost there. No, nothing to worry yeah. about yourself, but with trees, but the, the lakes are incredible and 
really beautiful place to spend time. It was always one of my favorite places to go when I was little. You're 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 teasing me here. All all, <laughs> the, all the nice places to go swimming right now out here are crowded. So many so many people are finding all the good secret water spots out here <laughs> in, the, in the Northeast. But you just have so much more space out there. That's right. <sighs> cool, man. Well, let's dive in. Obviously, Topo Designs. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows you guys. Um, I have a ton of admiration for the way that you guys have scaled and grown. Um, I'd love to just kind of hear the story from your perspective of where you guys started and how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for those kind words. Um, it's uh, definitely been, um, you know, from our perspective, kind of a, a slow, intentional growth. Um, I guess kind of, you know, depending on where you started looking at the brand as a consumer, um, it may feel fast or slow, but um, we started about 12, 13 years ago. Um, and it was kind of a just a project of mine basically to sort of do something else with my career. I, I had worked um, more on the graphic design, branding, digital side um, for a really long time for about 12, 13 years before that, and never really intended to, to do that, but sort of um, got in that space and, you know, just kind of getting new jobs and sort of moving forward with it. And um, I actually got a degree in sculpture, so it turned out to not be that uh, financially uh, recommended um, <laughs> when you're coming out of college, but okay. luckily I took a couple of graphic design classes uh, right at the end of my college career, got a job at a print shop and then just sort of moved on from there and, and worked everywhere from, um, yeah, like, like small print shops and design um, firms to, uh, I even worked at a, a medical animation firm for a while, which was really fascinating as I worked with animators that had a degree in medical animation. So they kind of went like half through medical school and half through uh, design school. So if um, you can imagine the brain that that takes. Um, yeah, a, spe a special one. Very it's special a very brain. special one. Yeah. So wow. very talented people. Um, and then I sort of took it all together and packaged it up and, um, you know, iOS apps. And back then we did a lot of flash based things and uh, kind of patient education things. So a lot of, a lot of different variety um, in terms of uh, branding and um, more uh, on the I would say client-based side as well. So it's always building things for other people and not really building anything that I necessarily was looking for personally. So I think sure. that was um, a combination of between the, um, you know, the desire to build something that I really wanted as well as kind of getting back to doing that more physical product type of thing that you could hold in your hand um, was a big uh, reason of, of trying to start Topo. So I, I very naively went out and bought a sewing machine and a couple rolls of fabric. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to make some bags. And so sat in my basement and um, tried to make patterns and um, did a lot of research on um, kind of, you know, all the, the outdoor stuff that I really liked um, as a kid growing up. And um, luckily the, the simplicity of that kind of lended itself to, uh, being able to, to kind of dive in and, and make some of those bags that were, that were similar. I, I'm, I'm really not a good sewer. I'm, that's not my strength whatsoever. It kind of, at the same time, luckily I could 
Yeah, I could jump in and like do some branding and stuff too. So. Right. Well, you're a sculptor, right? So uh, yeah, that that's right. Wouldn't so, make sense. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But the the good part is like I I apparently have that 3D mindset, so I can picture things in 3D and really kind of okay. put the pieces together. All right. So you figured it out. Um, yeah. You figured out how they connect. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. So um, yeah. So worked on prototypes for a while, um, and you know, I it was. I would say initially it wasn't really with the, you know, the, the first goal of being business. I really just wanted to do this kind of personally and just kind of make some things and, and see how bags were constructed. It, like as a kid, I was always this weird combination of being like the only fashion kid in Wyoming, as well as being, um, you know, super into the outdoors. Cause that was kind of what you did in Wyoming. Right. So, um, that fashion slash design part of me has always been there. And it was, you know, as much crap as I took about being a fashion kid in Wyoming, I just could not, you know, take that part out of me. So that combined with the outdoor side of it, um, I always approached the, um, you know, the initial things that I was doing very much from a fashion lens, like what was going on in Japan, what was going on sure. in Europe, um, and kind of that long-term history of the outdoor industry and how that combined sort of what was trending in fashion. So long story short, uh, made a few prototypes and luckily was able to find um, a sew shop here in Colorado that was um, just about an hour from my house that um, was just starting up at the same time. So again, naively, we were like, hey, we should just, you know, start and go make bags now sure. at this sew shop. Um, and luckily the guy that was starting the show shop was really just needing some clients at the time. And he was like, okay, you, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you guys just cause I sure. need it too. Um, so minimums were low and really, you know, helped us work through the, uh, the build of the product and the development side. Um, cause, uh, you know, didn't really have any idea how to do that either. So, um, that was, that was a really good start with us still use that sew shop today for a lot of our bags um and um you know just really started small uh and i think our first run was we did 50 bags of of one of this you know kind of horrible prototype <laughs> that i had built nice. so um and then um had a couple more bag uh options after that and i launched a really really simple site that i had built um for us and ended up getting um a uh, email from a couple guys in Japan that um, just wanted a couple of the bags personally. And then they followed up after they got them. They were sort of checking us out to make sure it was legit. And then sure. um, kind of said, hey, are you guys interested in, in selling in Japan? Because we're a, a bag distributor here in Japan. And we said, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. So um, we ended up kind of having to uh, grow up pretty quickly and learn how to do things internationally. And they really helped us a lot as well with that too. And sort of that was our, that was our first real sale was um, to our Japanese distributors who we still work with um, wow. to this day, which is really cool too. So um, rather than, you know, kind of starting with sort of, I think how everybody thinks of it is like selling to your friends and then your friends, friends, and then sort of grows out from this epicenter of wherever you live, we went, totally across the world and have been working our way back ever since. So, wow. yeah. Do you feel like that was kind of a, like a defining move? I think so. I think it was actually like for us, it was the, 
you know, in retrospect, it was the perfect spot for us to start mm-hmm. because we were doing exactly what Japan was interested in at sure. that time. So, and I think it, you know, ultimately legitimized us for a bunch of the higher end boutique uh, accounts that was really our first wholesale um, mm-hmm. play here in the U.S. to see us, um, you know, in, J- in Japan and like Beams and Beaver and all these places that all these guys are looking at for inspiration for their own stores. Um, and it was really good for the for the brand to to start at that point. And, and it was a very like, you know, high bar to start right. there. And they had a lot of, um, you know, pretty high expectations around what they're looking for from a brand. So it really, I think, set us um, on a path to achieve that first. And then, you know, if if you're there, you can, um, you know, kind of do other things that are are lower down from that. But to to start up at the top is is pretty cool. Yeah. Were there any other moments in, in the, you know, stages of your early growth where you could really tell that the plane was taking off? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it it really overall, I would say, um, was sort of just, you know, like one next step, one next step. I remember, uh, so I've got a business partner um, that uh, kind of handles the the business and the operations side and the wholesale side. And um, I remember we were doing our our first trade show in, in Europe together. And at the time we could just carry like two duffel bags with all of our stuff and show sure. up at a trade show and set up in, you know, five minutes and we'd be all set there. And we don't, you know, we've been self-funded this whole time and we're stressed about money, like just buying the plane tickets to get there. And mm-hmm. um, we had an order for um, a ton of dop kits coming while we were on that trip. And we were just trying to figure out how we pay for it, right? Like that, that is the, one of the times where to me, I'm like, oh, this is how business works, right? Like, even if you're successful, sometimes it's really tough to make it happen, you know, or or like, I wouldn't say we're successful at that point, but we were, we had the opportunity to move forward. We all, we only need the money to make it happen. So Somehow, uh, my business partner Mark, he he figured out how to pay for it, and um, we we moved forward. But it was yeah, it was one of those things like, oh yeah, we got to take a big jump up just to get this order through, um, and it's going to be fairly stressful for a right. little bit um, to try to make that happen. So um, I think there's you know there's there are good parts like that that are also stressful, and then for us, it's you know I think it's just been a lot of like people always ask me like, hey, was yeah, was there that one defining for you guys that really changed things and i wouldn't i wouldn't say that there really has been it's just been sort hmm. of like getting up every single day and doing it and then just hopefully like improving all the time and moving it forward so um yeah we didn't you know luck out and get a celebrity that had our stuff although we have we do have celebrities that have our things but it, that never really like was this thing that just completely changed it um sure one day and moved it forward so sure yeah, you guys aren't like an Oprah success story. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I will say though, maybe I don't know, once a quarter, once every two months, I get an, an email from you guys from the mailing list with a band I like. Oh yeah, yeah, have, yeah, definitely. Not definitely. only do you do these incredible collabs, you guys have, to my taste, pretty incredible music taste. <laughs> well, thank you, um, thank you. Yeah, that was that's kind of a combination of of Rick on our marketing team as as well as Mark, my business partner. Mark is like obsessive showgoer. He'll you yeah. know 
during the whatever rocktober peak season he'll be out five nights a week at, at going to multiple shows every single night so he's really connected to the music industry um in denver and then rick has just been <clears throat> really connected his whole life and just really obsessive about music um as well so i think the the music partnership has been a definitely like a, a personal thing for a lot of people at Topo. Totally. And I think it also is, is kind of just a really nice, interesting thing that, you know, is a lifestyle component to add to an outdoor brand. Um, for sure. It's something interesting to talk about. So is there a, like an, an artist or group that you would, you dream to see a Topo collab with someday? I don't know. That's a good question. I'll, I'll have to think about that. I, I know that there's, um, I know Rick and, and Mark probably have their, their own answers on that one. But um, I mean, we've actually done quite a few playlists and things with, with people um, that we absolutely love. So um, it's, it's been, it's been really nice to be able to connect with those people on a, on a one-to-one -one basis. And very often, you know, they'll, they'll be, like secret topo fans and we'll reach sure. out and they'll be like, wait what you guys know like wow wow that's is awesome that's so cool. it's it's really cool to um be able to yeah like work with those people and it's oh, it's exactly. a fun it's a fun break outside the outdoor industry for sure yeah, for sure i will say uh the, the national collection is is top tier in my book well, thank you. Yeah, that one that one was definitely a really fun one to work on. Um, those guys are, you know, so uh, well respected in the industry, I think, and just have such a um, like a really cool aesthetic about the band too. So yeah. that was that was a really nice, um, easy, I think, fit for us. That's you know not only visually a cool thing from a product side, but the you know the music is is great to go along with it too. So, totally. Yeah, that's cool. awesome. Do you have any kind of general rules of the road when it comes to collaborations, whether they be with individuals or other brands or businesses, anything that you guys kind of live by that you think is a, a success point? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think first and foremost, um, we just have to have some sort of, um, you know, like really good connection with whoever we're working on. And that, that could be, you know, a, a product based thing or, um, the overall um you know look and feel of a brand or where they're going or where they have been um i think that's that's just a really important part of it and then working together it takes you know very often it'll take 18 months or two years to get a collab um to to come to fruition so making sure that um everybody's on board with it on both sides is is really important because you work together for so long on it and it's yeah. fairly complicated to get product made and get it you know into everybody's channels and coordinate marketing efforts and and do all the things that, that needs to need to happen to make it successful um that it's yeah it's just really important that like when you do initially connect that you know you're gonna be able to work together for a couple of years because it is like a sure. you know a little mini partnership that you're yeah. you're embarking on so very often we'll um it'll either be a combination of like we know some people in the industry we've been friends with them a while then we work with them or um you know we'll reach out to people who we really respect um and see if they're they're interested in it um and you know kind of make it happen at that like yeah like for me on the music side I, i'm i'm a huge fan of taiko and so i you know love his design aesthetic i love the music um and so reaching out to him 
was really, really easy for us to do because we respected him so much. And he loved the, you know, the Topo brand and actually had some Topo stuff. So um, it was, it was cool to be able to, you know, like sort of super fan out and, and have that reciprocated as well. Um, and then it's just much easier to work together because, you know, that the respect and the, the, um, the excitement is already there. Um, for sure started. yeah cool do you, do you remember that the af live the kind of live stream event that we did that you guys took part of a yeah year absolutely ago quarantine? Yeah. little known yeah. fact that all of the logistics of that were fueled by Tyco. my Tyco. oh really so okay i'm also connected <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. just fell, fell deep and deep into a hole a, a buddy that um runs this co-working space that i'm in right now we were talking about before we hit record okay um, had it like a Tyco album on vinyl that he put on probably right before the pandemic. And I was like, Oh, okay. This is like, not, not what I normally would go for, but <laughs> right, right. I felt fell deep into it during the early quarantine. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah and like going, going to a show, it's, it's such about um, a whole experience too. Cause like sure. all of the design with the visuals combined with the music, um, I think is just like a really, really cool thing. And, and for us, you know, being very heavily design focused um to have someone that adds that to the music side of it too for me is like oh that's perfect you know? for sure well let's yeah. talk about the design side i didn't i didn't know that you know that that kind of stemmed from your history and uh expertise and uh sculpture degree uh, yeah absolutely that's yeah. wild that's the coolest fun fact um <laughs> So when you look at obviously Topo Designs, right? It's it's half of your your name there. It's in a our name, yeah. Or tenant of of what you guys do. Um, what looking at where you are now in your evolution, what stemmed from your initial kind of vision of what the brand looks like and your tie to design, and and how did it evolve into what it is now? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think there are a lot of things that. Um, are very true to where we started and there are quite a few things that have evolved i mean like our our apparel line now um is one of the things that's evolved like quite quite substantially since um we first started we have you know i think most people know us to be um primarily a bag company but we've had apparel for just about as long as we've had bags it's um, it's just a, a trickier widget to solve for sure, because there's fit and, you know, fashion and all the things and it's grading and, um, you know, sizes and, and things like that. So bags are generally um, one size. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, I, I would say that, you know, from a complexity standpoint, the, the apparel side, um, is definitely like a, a really big evolution, um, for the, the topo concept, um, than where we initially started. But I think overall, um, the, the design aesthetic and the, I, I think the design goal with the brand is really one around um, this idea of utility. So if you can do just about as much as possible with every single thing that we make, that's kind of our goal. We never really, I mean, outside of maybe we make a few things like a bike bag or a chalk bag or things that are very specific, but it turns out a lot of people use those things for other things too. And I think that's, what's been cool about the Tubbo community. We get, you know, people hitting us up like, Hey, look at my, you know, chalk bag as a water bottle holder that I've attached to my bike bag that's attached to my clutter sack or whatever, you know? So, um, I think overall the, the design goal with the company has always been one of those, um, 
really utilitarian, really multi-purpose, really um, kind of like take it anywhere, do anything um, kind of goals that, that I always had with it. I think the initial, um, my initial goal with, with the, the design for the brand was um, when I was outside, I was, I always had this like outside kit on that um, I didn't love it functioned fairly well, but I always just felt like it looked horrible. And I just was kind of like, you know, not myself when, when I was outside, which was really a bummer because that, that was like my favorite thing to do ever. It still is. Um, so as soon as I got home, I would take all my outside crap off and put on like the clothes that I liked. Right. Right. And then I could feel good again and go do the things that I like to do. And like, you know, interact with people in a way that I felt good about. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I, I think for us, it's, it's like, why do you need to look crappy when you're outside or why do you need to be out of style when you're outside or why do you need to like have this kit that doesn't, um, you know, reflect who you are, um, when you're outside. So for ever, I would say that that's been the, the number one goal from the design side of the brand is like have stuff that looks good functions kind of in a lot of different environments and, you know, like really can be, um, I think reconfigured to fit you as an individual, um, mm -hmm. rather than us trying to completely dictate how you use the product and how you want it to look and how you want it to feel. So I'd say that's like, that's our number one goal on the design side and, and, and it stayed pretty true, um, to this day, but obviously, you know, we make like waterproof jackets and stuff now. So right. it's, it's not the super simple, uh, Jed sewing in the basement kind of uh, approach that we have in the right. early days. <laughs> well, and that's, that's good kind of general advice too. I think that you can apply that design mentality to apparel to just general kind of graphic right. design you know logo work branding like you, you know you, you have experience in uh any kind of product under the sun i think that that kind of simplicity message first utility first right right that makes, yeah thanks so there's a lot of stuff out there that's that's super uh super muddy and murky um, right exactly and i think you know the like one thing that i've learned um having done it for, you know, a decade now is that you do kind of need those rails on, um, on your brand as well as, you know, the design and the product side, um, just to make decisions quicker, I would sure. say, and keep it cohesive and, and make it feel like, um, it is true to itself over time. And I think the, the rails don't have to be, um, so restrictive that you don't change and you, you become stagnant, right? Like that's bad. But at the same time, I think you need to have something, um, that people kind of can come to you and know that when they get there, they're going to see what they expect. And hopefully, you know, you'll evolve and kind of, you know, not be, stuck in the high school football player mentality for the rest of your life, but, uh, you'll become a, you know, a, a more interesting human being every sure. time, um, sure. the year passes, but people still like, you know, can really, uh, feel comfortable and pick up the conversation where it left off. For sure. Yeah. I think that's that unique kind of echo a sentiment there that, uh, most brands we've talked to on the podcast have said, and I would say definitely all of the brands that are the most established, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not stay in your lane, but it's definitely right. know who, know who you are. Exactly. Uh, and, and don't exactly. deviate off of that. And, and that's just, right. it's just, everyone has their own challenge, their own path to get to that point. Absolutely. I, have to assume. Absolutely. I know I'm, I'm on there, right? Uh, <laughs> any other, any other 
kind of advice that you think you would give maybe to someone that was just starting out or give to yourself if you were you were able to talk to yourself in in the basement 12 years ago making oh yeah yeah that was a lot of it. yeah um i would say overall like be very um willing to reach out to people and ask questions i think you know obviously be be mindful of, of their time and and understand that you know people running businesses are are typically like fairly busy and, and yeah. sort of overwhelmed but um i would also say that in general people that do um you know what i do and and own their own businesses uh very often they really like to talk about it because they're really into it so your baby <laughs> yeah exactly so you'd be surprised at how many people will you know respond to an email or you know jump on a call with you to just kind of help you get there and they also realize that it's not one secret thing that they're gonna you know sure. divulge that is gonna you know give you the keys right. that they have it's just yeah, a it's, lot it's, like it's, it's not the coca-cola formula no right exactly it's just it's a lot of a lot of years over years of years of hard work and you know getting money and making money and all those things that can't just be you know here you go there's i'm not going to tell you that secret so i know that i was very um apprehensive to ask people um mm. and kind of you know get advice and talk to people and i've become way way better at that over the years and i realized that man i, I could have shaved off literally like two or three years of work if I would have talked to a few people um, and just really got some advice on how to approach things. So very often that, you know, that could come in a, in the form of a, a more formal, like advice, uh, you know, relationship with sure. someone. With um, like mentorship. Mentor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or getting, you know, like very, like for a long time, we had sort of a, a contract um, finance person that worked with us that, you know, neither Mark nor I was, um, very strong in the finance side. So sure. we ended up just having, you know, a few hours a week, um, a person come in and just really help us with the finance side that had done it at a very high level. So overall it was, you know, relatively speaking, a small cost to us, but we got a, a pretty high end, um, set of, of brain on that one. So, sure. um, it's, it's definitely good to align yourself with those people, but, Overall, I mean, if, if you respect what people are doing and, and you're just are really interested to, to learn, um, just reach out to people and, and ask them and just have a conversation. Um, and and I, very often it'll pay off in spades for sure. Doesn't have to be more difficult than that, huh? No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. And yeah, be like, again, like I would say, be like, be super respectful of their time, but very sure. often... People, people feel good if, if they're saying, you know, if people are reaching out and saying, man, you, you're awesome. Can you just tell me like how, how to be awesome? And they're like, yeah, yeah I, I can talk yeah. to you about that for a little bit. <laughs> I can tell you my way. It's a rising yeah. tide, man. Rising tide raises all ships. For sure. All, for sure. In, in this world, we know that if there's, if there's more people doing the things that we think are important, it makes our world better. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like for us, I think it's been great to be a part of this, you know, of what I would call like the you know new outdoor brands um, sure. that are out there too because we're all super collaborative and we reach out to each other and talk to each other um for the most part and that has been such a i don't know just a better way to live as a person too yeah. rather than just being like closed door and not talking to anybody and just feeling like you know it's constant competition with these people and they're the enemy and ah oh, that's just a that's kind of a crappy place to, yeah. to live as a person. So the more you can just be 
amicable and, and friends with people. And, um, you know, and very often like you do get that little nugget from them. That's like, wow, that was, thank you. I appreciate that for, um, that's really going to help me out. So I would say, yeah, be friends with people for sure. There's just not, not enough time in the day to, to, to not do that. That's right. Takes, that's right. It takes Absolutely. too much time and I'm just too damn sweaty. I'm just, I'm just too sweaty to not be getting along with people. <laughs> yeah, no uh, problems, you know? <laughs> for real. Cool, man. This was an awesome conversation. A lot of really good little tidbits. Uh, cool to learn a little bit more about you and where you came from. Where is the best place for people to keep in touch with the brand? Uh, I would just say hit us up at uh, topodesigns.com or you can find us uh, on Instagram at topodesigns. Love it. Cool, man. Well, hope to meet in person someday. Uh, here, Absolutely. Here there. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's great to yeah. chat with you. For sure. We'll talk again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Cool. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co. And don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is presented by Jamestown, a global real estate investment and management company known for transforming spaces into innovation hubs and community centers. Learn more at jamestownlp.com.